guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we have a fun episode lined up for you guys today. We've got all kinds of news, all kinds of project updates, a little That's bit right. of a kind of a mini rant, I guess. <laughs> kind of like a more, more Should like we a, expect anything different from More you? like it's more like a I'm imploring something. A little imploring help imploring? from Imploring. Imploring. It's 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 a request. I implore you. It's all. a it's a request and it's explanation. I thought Plus you were gonna say you were imploding. No. Well, usually. Yes. We've got updates on the scooter. You went and looked at a truck. We've got uh, some news on some lady who's super stupid. We've got, uh, we've got a, a, a Safari 911 that's Porsche's making. We've yeah. got all kinds of super interesting stuff. All right. So what's what's going on with you? You went and uh, you called me the other day and yep. you were on your way to Actually, it. I think you called me. It's I was possible. like, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm on my way to go look at another truck because I drove the I drove the C10. Today, yeah, I saw that driving that around, um, and we found another C10 that popped up on Facebook. My dad messaged me early in the morning. He's like, "Hey, what year is yours? This is a '64." And the one you're looking at is a '64. Okay, <laughs> diversity. That's key. All right. Yeah. Well, I have uh, like one guy who keeps bugging me to buy this truck. Okay. And I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna." get another one and build it up for you and make some money and it'll be like right. a fun little project. We can yeah. keep going through them. Sounds good. Um, and so we went out to look at this. It wasn't too far out. It was just across the border in Wisconsin. Okay. And we get there and it was just too rusty to make it. Worth Ooh, that's work. bad. Yeah, it was <laughs> kind of bad. Like it was, you look at it at first and you're like, okay, this could be workable. But then like the floors are really rusty. The mounts, the cab mounts were just gone. Like cab there's mounts. no cab you mounts. Ca- oh, you take you can take everything off of this. Obviously. Off of the frame. Okay. Yep. And so there's these little like brackets that mount from the frame to the cab. Sure. And they were just rusted completely off. Yeah, but can't you just like put you new? You can, but these vehicles aren't rare, right? right? So it's worth it to go look at it in case it is like a really workable, good example. But why put all that work into this one when next month another one could pop up? That's yeah, but this thing clean. is sixty, almost sixty years old. What do you want? You know, the one we had was actually very clean. Yeah, you drove it. It looks really, really, it looks slammed. I love how low it is. It is pretty low. Is, is, do you scrape on the, are you yeah. just all over the ground, just yeah. all over the yes, place I on do. that thing? I love it. Yeah. Are you going to put little spark blocks? You should no, put there's, little, there's plenty of spark. You don't need to worry about that. <laughs> do not <laughs> have deal. to at all. So you didn't buy it? Didn't buy that. Did it run? Uh, it did kind of. <laughs> it started, but didn't run well. It made noises. Yes, it made, it made noises. noises. Ran yes. when parked. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He put some new gas in it, and after like pumping it 57 times and cranking the starter dead, then it, it sparked to life and then didn't stay. Then alive. that was the end of that. That was that, yeah. So why are you looking for another truck? Are you wanting to do a swap, or what's the hey, deal? Because my dad asked me to go look at this with him. Oh, I'm not cool. actively looking. Well, you were looking, because you were. there was a guy who wanted, you were looking, the guy I got my scooter from You're right. had a truck, and then there was another guy that wanted you to build trucks for him. Right, and well, that's profit off of your labor. Yes. And then, so you've been actively looking, don't you? Uh, somewhat actively, yeah. This is the third or fourth truck that you've looked at this year. Or in the last year. True. I would consider that actively, right, that's active. actively looking. I mean, you're, you're always looking for something, right? Right. Like you and obviously. I, a lot of listeners, I'm sure, you're always browsing. You're ready. You're perusing. You're ready. Like, Ooh, look at that. Did when I So I sent you a uh, message earlier today that said, buy me this car. Yeah, you're all over these Citroens lately. Was there any fiber of your being that said maybe? Those are cool. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean. No, they're very cool. I've never seen I don't, This one's red. Yeah. Was what do you think? Okay, so Jake, the think the guy that thinks that everything that isn't yellow and does two hundred miles an hour is lame. Okay. Actually, I have a question for you. What? That truck out there? Very slow. Very slow. Yep. Not ostentatious mm. at all. No. 
But so what is it about that thing that you like? That's the like that's the Harley side of Jake. Oh, like okay. Americana. You got your boots. You can just lounge back on the bench seat. Do you do you wear? Do you change out of your Birkenstocks into boots? Yes, you cannot truck? wear Birkenstocks driving the truck. <laughs> Correct. You're such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the Citroen. Yeah, I want one so bad. I noticed. I really. This is like really, a really recent wild hair. No, I. Well, it's it's, it's a, recently come to light. It's comes back and forth. It's it's like a <laughs> it's like a recurring dream, right? Okay. It's like a recurring dream yeah. that you generally probably don't want to have because it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to turn from a recurring True. dream. It's like one of those dreams where you're like, wow, this is so great. And there's like this beautiful girl. She's taking her clothes off. And then all of a sudden she's got like an alien jumping out of her body. <laughs> like one of those dreams that turns you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you think. You think the dream is going to be amazing. Yeah. And then and then there's an alien popping yeah, out of her so stomach. So this is like, a car you would love to own but hate to have. I don't know. They seem ridiculously complicated with the hydraulic And I can't suspension. imagine parts are that easy to find. I don't, or not cheap, maybe? I see these things for sale all over the place. I don't know how many they sell. Not sold. all over the place. Well, they're all over the internet. Yeah. So there's like five or six. It's not like you're buying. It's because a, the algorithm is now like every single Citroen out there send to Chris, <laughs> right? It's not like the Camry where there's 50,000 of them yes, for sale. Exactly. At any given or time. when you start looking at C10 Chevys, now all I see is C10 Chevys on my Facebook. That is a very common truck. Why exactly. Don't, why don't you just fly out with your dad somewhere and get one? That's kind of, if we get serious about it, the plan is to like get a car trailer and just load up on these things out in Nevada and drive them back. Oh, drive like four or five of them? Yep. Wow. Like rent a big truck and yeah. the whole, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> You're you re- on board. If you remember way back in the day, we had uh, Colin on. He was, yeah. he's a writer for Haggerty and he does all kinds of buying, selling, flipping yep. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I remember that. that. He says he used to go to a town, go to the little, a great episode to go listen to if you can find it. He'd open up the little, you know, he'd have the little magazine. Oh, that's right. With the little local thing and you could look at all the listings. He would go town to town looking at the local listings and he would drive around with a trailer yep. and pick up cars. It sounds legendary. That does right? so not. Awesome. It sounds like the best way to pick cars. It's almost too easy now. You know the problem? True. Is anybody can go on, bring a trailer, and inflate the have the inflated price of what they think their shitbox is worth. That's yeah, but usually if you get far enough out in the small towns, they usually don't adhere to that. I don't think. You don't think? Well, it's still, still, even some... Even my 88-year-old grandpa has an iPhone and knows how to look up something on eBay. You're right. Or type it into Google. Or You're whatever. Right. I mean, it's very, very difficult to find somebody who doesn't know. Everybody's, I know what I have. You know, that's, that's everybody now. Everybody, I know what I have. I saw a and t-shirt. I, yeah. And, with all the best, like, Craigslist sayings. It's like, ran when parked. Yep, yep. I know what I have. It's it's a bummer. There's less and less deals out there. The only deals now are formed by the exploding market. So whatever you buy something, the market increases in two weeks. And then oh, I see what you mean. Then your that's thing the is, deal. That's the deal is that you got one. Yes. Right, you you actually were able to were able to purchase. So, besides yearning for a Citroen, you have been doing some work out in the garage. Yeah, I've got the the nine eleven motor is completely back together. It's done. oh really? It's yeah, ready it's, to go it's in. Done. It's it's absolutely one hundred percent done. And I have to thank Aaron from Flat Six. Oh, he came he, out. He came out and uh, uh, did the cam timing for me. Oh, so wow. he came out that's, and I just kind of hung out and he did the cam timing for that's me. That's really nice. It is really really nice. I it the thing is is that there's so many things that can go wrong. Right. And it's one of those things that if you don't do it all the time, it's very easy to screw up. Yeah. And if I'm slightly wrong, normally it would be okay because you know if your timing's slightly off with the cam timing, sure. this is an extremely interference motor now. Oh right. Yeah. So you don't have there's any no, margin for error. No margin for error whatsoever. Plus, there's different things you can do with the cam timing. To get oh. a little bit more power because you can, you know, it's not like you have a uh, an adjustable cam gear. Right. But you can 
You can tweak it a little. You can tweak it a little bit. Sure. I mean, you can put the cam timing wherever you want. It's just not something you can do when the motor's back together. Right. Like where you can, you know, I used to have my 8-valve or 16-valve, and you'd have the adjustable tectonics cam gear. Yeah, and all you have to do is loosen the the, Loosen the the little Allen bolts, and like, I'm going to go for more torque today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd retard the timer. I want my my power band to be at the top. So then you'd adjust it in the completely opposite direction. And inevitably, you'd be like, I think it's better just at zero. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> but with with this i guess there's there's a there's a lot better ways to to do it and that's he did it and so i got it all sealed back up okay. and i feel kind of like shitty that he did it and i didn't do it but it's so dangerous and i just yeah, i cannot i know what you mean i can't afford the bummer is that i can't afford to rebuild the motor again yeah it's just too expensive the motor is worth as it is now, the motor is probably a twenty-five or twenty-five thousand dollar engine. Jesus, you know, with the carbs and everything else, so dumb. It's insane. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. All it is is <sighs> the people that own the cars will just pay whatever they want for the price. Yes, price for the parts. Yes. So then it just inflates the price of everything, and the labor goes up, and the parts go up, and everything else. Anyway, the motor's all sealed up, ready to go back. But he, we pulled the distributor out, and Aaron's like like turning the distributor sure. out of the car and he goes whoa this thing is done like the bushings are shot right it's really what, is there play in it or no play it's really stiff really like it's like rah, rah, that's not rah. intuitive to me you'd think something wears away and so it'd be loose he we basically talked about he's like i don't know what causes this this happened to one of mine huh. in my car i'm not sure what it is i just sent him out so now there's a rebuilt. ton of torque on that bevel gear basically right driving yes exactly and I don't want weird wear on that gear. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, because that's split the case. Probably losing a few horsepower, too. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's air conditioning type of draw or anything like that. But um, I need to get the, the distributor recurved. Right, anyway. with the cams now. Yeah, so what, do you know what that means when you get it recurved? What am I? What are we doing when we do yeah, that? And, why, do and why do I need to do it? Yeah, so it has to do with the ignition advance. So when you're at idle, usually your engine is, let me see if I can do this correctly, is retarded a little bit. A little bit. Yep, so your spark comes after top dead center slightly or not as far before top dead center as when you're at higher revs or under load. So when you're curving it, what it does, your distributor automatically based on RPM and centrifugal weights in the distributor will advance the spark the faster it goes. And why do you want to advance the spark? Because the faster the engine goes, your explosions in a cylinder are not instantaneous. There's what's called a flame front. Yeah, if you watch it in slow motion, the flame travels from the spark plug out. Which is why you should probably be running a dual plug motor at this point so you can have two sources of combustion. Yes. And it takes less time then to create a full burn of fuel and make I would love that. Let me know if you would like to buy me either A, a Uh Citroen SM for $15,000, or B, you can buy me a twin plug setup for $15,000. <laughs> they're about, they're about the they're same. They're about the same. They're about the of same. Of course, I'll, I'll take the are. Citroen all day. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, so that's actually why they run dual plug is to get a faster flame front and burn to make power more quickly yes. within the cycle of the So combustion. when you're advancing the timing, you're, you're starting you're basically, that it's a little a bit early. Because now you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to start the burn before the piston is even at top dead center. And therefore you get maximum pressure by the time that it's ready to Have you ever tried stroke. to start a car that the timing is too far advanced and it's like whoa 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 just because it can't well even that has starter, to do with compression that yes but you're also if your timing is too far advanced it will fight the starter 
Oh, it will. It will. Fight I see what it. you mean because as it's popping, it's basically pushing back. Pushing back. Yeah. yeah. So right. then you're like, ooh, timing is really advanced. Better, <laughs> better back that back that down a yes, little bit. Better dial but you could also down. have detonation when your timing is too far advanced as well. Correct. Right. Exactly. Because that means you get full combustion as the piston is still coming up, and, and that's not good. It's yeah. Have you ever had a motor that detonates? I've had detonation. Not not that I like instantly recognize. It sounds like a cattle prod. Like like because you're. That's not the normal description. uh, A lot of people you hear the pinging. Yeah, but this is on my. I drove my car and I've had pinging, and it sounds like like you can you can hear it because it's happening on all cylinders. Right, so it's really quick. Right, so you're not having it just on one cylinder. Right, it's all of us like it's. It's an uncomfortable noise. I don't know. Why. I, yeah, it's uncomfortable for the engine too, I imagine. Yes, it is. That's how you bad get for the pistons. That's how you get holes in the pistons. And sometimes you can, you know, knock off carbon deposits. All kinds of bad things can happen. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to get the, the, the so, yeah, anyways, I And it is kind of a weird science because now it's the rate at which it increases. That's the actual curve. The yep. curve of the distributor is the rate at which it increases the advance of the spark. And you want it to match your cams and your engine, right. where so your power band is. Yeah, when it comes on cam and now you're flowing more, you want that to match up with the advance of the spark. Right. So I currently have a, the distributor that's in there now is a vacuum advanced distributor. Okay. And I no longer have a reliable vacuum signal because right. normally you get a vacuum signal. So basically what happens is you, um, you decrease vacuum right. as the as engine you, speeds up, right? Well, it, it's... No, it's, Technically, it's different. So there's there's port vacuum, yes. and there's also... Um, um, Venturi vacuum? Yes, and they operate differently because either you have vacuum because your throttle plates are closed, so your engine's pulling a lot of vacuum at idle, right? right? You're not letting air by, and so when you open your throttles, all of a sudden you go down to zero vacuum, yep. and so that is one signal. But then it does Otherwise, increase after that, right? I mean, the vacuum does bit. go up. So anyway, the, the distributor senses the vacuum that's coming from the engine and uses that... To There's either also retard vacuum, or advance the... Yeah, vacuum retard and vacuum advance. There's so, two separate ones, and you can't mess them up. So this is a combination, I believe, the 911 distributors. This is probably getting a little too technical for some people. But the, I have vacuum retard yep. and then centrifugal advance. Right. So at idle, That's, it uses the vacuum signal to bring the, the ignition timing down so it'll idle nicely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe something for fuel economy or emissions Mine at idle. Mine only has uh, mechanical advance, no vacuum. Right, so mine's so I'm having the I'm having the vac I'm having all the vacuum stuff eliminated. Okay, I'm having the recurve redone, and I'm having it completely rebuilt. It's like six hundred bucks, which like, and I'm starting to like get skewed in this Porsche world. And I <laughs> should like, go. Oh, that's fine. I should go. Oh my god, six hundred dollars! But then it's like a twenty five thousand dollar engine, so then it just all of a sudden starts to all make sense, even though it's completely ridiculous and <sighs> makes no sense. But you know what I'm really having fun doing? What the Vespa. Now, <laughs> I drove it. I drove I the Vespa, this. and I was, looking back, very dumb. Why? Because it doesn't really... It, when I first drove it, yeah. I'm like... I. In my head, I'm like, oh, I got to hook up the front brakes. I got to make sure the clutch works. I got to <laughs> check the throttle, make sure it's... I but just, you just went hammer down. I just, I just went. I just was like, <laughs> I'm going to drive this thing. Well, first it was, I'm going to drive it around the block really slow and see if everything's yeah, fine. that makes sense. Yeah. But there is a level of self-control that's required for that. <laughs> I don't have it. I do not. I do not have that level of self-control. Yeah, so you're like putting along. So okay, like, this seems to work. I'm seems like, to work. Hammer down! I, like, I, I got I to gotta open the throttle a little bit. I got to see what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It pulls. Holy crap. <laughs> the thing moves. It is not like a 
Jixer 1000 or anything, <laughs> but it, it really moves. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, and then you got the little thing where you're just like tilting the gears, whoa, and you don't use the clutch for second, third, or second, oh, third, third, fourth. No, you just click it. It goes, oh, Is that how it's supposed to be operated? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You use the clutch for starting. Just for starting, sure. Yeah, or getting from probably first gear to second gear. I don't know. You just don't. Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> Internet says, and people I've talked to that drive these that have contacted me on social say you do not need the clutch. Okay. So I'm just like, Wah. are you at least reducing throttle in between? No, fuck it. <laughs> Wide open throttle, just boom. Yeah, just go. Let's go. <laughs> Flat shifting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I did do that a couple of times, but generally you let off the throttle and pop into gear and then get back yep. on the throttle again. It moves. It's awesome. I went out of my neighborhood, of course, to the to the wide open straight road. Yeah. Got it up to maybe 65, 70 miles an hour. And then remembered that I only have a rear brake. Yeah. Which I had not really tested very much yet. <laughs> Barely works. Barely works. Well, that's works. better than it locking up on you all of a sudden. Well... I mean, I, ch- I mean, I, ch- when it was sitting there, I, yeah, I, I operated I gave her the old one hander. Yeah, I pushed it with my hand and made sure it worked. And, uh, man, that thing, it scoots, it scoots, it scoots, <laughs> it, scoots. it really, really does. And uh, so then I, I brought it back in and I rev it up. Jess is like filming. I like rev it up for it. It doesn't turn off. It goes, Wah! I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? I can't figure this out. <laughs> and I, first, I turn the key off, still keeps running. Really? I'm like, holy shit, what's going on? Did you wire it wrong? Grab the spark plug uh-huh. wire, yank it off. Okay. Still running. Well, that's not spark then. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I just looked over at Jess and her eyes are big. I'm, I'm holding the spark plug wire in my hand and the thing is still running. It's like magic, right? I'm like, call Elon Musk. <laughs> I have the solution to everything. <laughs> no, it's dieseling. Sure. It's literally just running on heat. Yeah. Or or too I much fuel. I wonder if, how hot did it get? Well, this was after a big wide open throttle run. And okay. it, so then I, of course, I, um, I just put it in gear and just, you know, just, it was at neutral at the time. Okay. So I just, I was standing still. So I just put it in gear. Like without and then the clutch. launched down the driveway no, right a, into your BMW. Gravel driveway. <laughs> it's on a gravel driveway. So I just popped it into gear and went, you know, and just, okay. and just turned off. And I, that has so, a choke too, doesn't it? You have the choke hooked does. up. You could have now. I choke. do. I did not oh, at the time. time. Apparently, you can pull the choke. Yeah. Or you can put your foot over the exhaust, and that will also <laughs> shut it off too. I mean, the exhaust sounds, is the size of yeah, a quarter, so you sounds just stick hot. stick your foot back and just put your foot on, <laughs> over the exhaust, or shove a rag in the carburetor intake, which is fine too because you can just cover it with your hand usually too. No, you not can't. accessible. There's, not really. There's stuff in the way. So I uh, I started looking at what was what was going on, what was wrong. I just retightened this, I retightened the cylinder. I'm like, is there an air leak? Can we sure. get it out? It was because um, the throttle was stuck. Okay. So when I blipped it and let go, yep. it stayed open. And okay. then when I pulled the spark plug off, it was just like fuel. Just it just, just run away. Just ran away <laughs> on me. So I guess it's a fairly common thing. There's lots of threads on the internet about this. Yeah, this happened to me. Oh my God. You know, you just wouldn't want to have it happen to you while you're driving. Right. right? Cause it could be scary. Just, obviously my clutch at the time didn't work either. You didn't have a clutch. I thought it worked, but it did not. <laughs> okay. So did, go ahead. How did you come to a stop? Is this still a centrifugal drive? No, like, you put it in neutral. Just put it in neutral. Just came to a stop. Rock it into neutral. Yeah, just rock it into neutral. <laughs> I just wanted to drive it. it was, I get it. I, I get it. But, but in hindsight, in hindsight, stupid. there's a few things. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. this is why men's life expectancy <laughs> is less than women, right? I had my helmet on. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I was. That's good. I was totally unsafe, but with a helmet. 
Right. So it was totally, totally stupid, but <laughs> I would have been uh, a paraplegic, but my brain would be fine. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Locked in syndrome. Even better. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I hooked up the front brake cable, Good. adjusted the clutch, Good. adjusted the rear brake, and adjusted the throttle cable, got everything 100% dialed in. It's great. Everything. I haven't driven it since I did all that. Right. Because it's been raining and snowing for some god-awful reason. It's ready to go. I'm excited. I found out that all I need to do is take a bill of sale to the DMV, and they'll just register it to me. Um, it's very easy. So I'm going to do that. Don't oh, um me. Don't um me. That's what I'm going to do. Go for it. That's what I'm doing. Go for it. There is a separate form, and then there's also you need photos of the vehicle. Oh, well, I'll just just take some pictures of my scooter. That looks like a total pile of shit. And they're going to be like, they're going to be like, whatever. They just, that's at least when I did this 10 years ago, there's a separate form that they're going to have you fill out. And then you need a photo from the front, the back, and both sides. Great. Easy enough. So the, uh, why did I have to Photoshop one of them? For some reason, I the one side of the thing didn't work, and so I had to flip the photo and reverse it. <laughs> Anyways, I have no idea. <laughs> All right, should we do a, a little bit of news? Yes, before we do, though, we have to mention Patreon. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. Toad over there for the latest in exclusive episodes. We've had so many new Patreons lately. You guys... You guys, you guys rock! You guys are incredible. We've been sending out a secret gift to everybody over the course of the week, and I'm actually going to pay Jess. Pretty stealthy gift. I'm going to pay Jess like 100 bucks. Ooh, I see what you did there. Yep. Like, like, because she spent so much yeah, time you've, packaging you've these. Yeah, how long hours. this is taken. Hours and hours packaging these things up and sending them to everybody. Um, and even people that signed up just the other day, we've got a couple extras. Awesome. So we sent them out to people that technically weren't there in time, but... We're nice, so we're going to send them on anyway. <laughs> but I just want to thank everybody for supporting the show. It's extremely easy. You can even listen to every episode. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify right now, and you, I mean, obviously everybody wants to listen on their chosen platform, but if you'd like to, we give all the episodes early, and you can listen to them right on the Patreon app. That's There's right. exclusive content there. Um, if you like the the stealth episode and the Blackbird episode and all that stuff, there's you know exclusive interviews. Right. With, Really awesome a lot of people. stuff that didn't make it to yes. the uh, production version you get to hear. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool episodes in there as well. Exclusive content. plus Director's the, Cut, Chris. Director's Cut, yes. <laughs> We've put a couple of those on as well. And also, you can get a shirt. You can get a print, which is the only place I sell them. Yep. And you get to feel good about yourself, which is great. We all love to feel good. Like we're doing we we good feel thing. good, too, every time there's a new Patreon. We do. We it, it's Honestly, it's incredible. It's incredible. All right. On to some news, Chris. Yes. I know, I've been, been hovering, fingers been hovering over the button. Stupid music. What is our lead news story today? So Porsche has been spotted testing lifted 911 mules, which could indicate that we may see a safari-style 911 of Porsche's own making. You know this vehicle exists already, right? It's called an all-road. <laughs> this is something that already exists. It's called yeah, an all-road. Not a 911. Basically, at this point... It's going to be an all-road, <laughs> it feels like. Uh, Porsche. Like, just like your yours is a Q3 or a Q5 oh, or whatever. Macan. Your Macan yeah. is a Q5. Yeah. This is just Ironically, be... I'm driving an SQ5 this week as well that belongs to my father-in-law. What do you think of that thing? I don't like it. It is very different driving the Macan. It shouldn't be on paper. Right. Basically, the similar chassis, but it's just very, like, insulated feeling. Hmm. Does it feel... And it's the SQ5, not just the Q5, the SQ5. Yeah, it's supposed well, to be the 41. Your entire family one. has a giant boner of, over all the S stuff. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't... You've got to explain to me something. What? Why can you love an RS4 
Yeah. But not love an M5. They are very close. Similar. They're very, very close to the same thing. I didn't like... Oh, that's not true. I did like the previous S4s too. I was thinking maybe it was like that period in time. I don't know. I I really don't know, Chris. I think you're just wrong. I think you're wrong. I think you're covering up something. What am I covering up? I don't know. Like you don't Some want subconscious. You don't want it to be cool. Like you don't want me to have a cool car or something. I don't know. You don't it's have just, a cool car. Oh, <laughs> if you like an RS4, you should like the M5. They're the same type of thing. A sedan. It's fast. It's it's. You can use it every day. Yeah. I just and this is like the best version of that that's ever existed. And it just, just seems more sedate for some reason. Why? Because I don't it's know. Not, because I it's not know. yellow? Can't put my finger on it. What about a uh, anthracite colored RS4? Would you like that? Is it the color? Is it because it's Slightly. gray? Yeah. yeah. That's so, part of it. So if I wrap it in yellow, you're just going to be all over that thing. Not all over it, but I like it better. It needs to be louder, first of all. Well, that's easy enough to change. And the RS4 isn't that loud anyway. The RS was. No, it wasn't. Did you change it? Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> you have to take... When you were talking about discussing stuff like this, you have to do it in the context of what it was built, not what you modified it to be. I know. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I think you're it. being... I've, just, I've never been a BMW guy. I, so I'm not a BMW guy either. And, and Part of it is admittedly just stubborn brand allegiance. 100% will admit that. Okay, there's Mercedes, something... Mercedes, a lot of it. Mercedes, that silly. don't understand. You're, you're, and BMW is a step above Mercedes, obviously, in my mind. But I'm still... I don't know. Something about BMW. Something with the brand... I, you got to get over that because it's it. It, it's going to keep you from experiencing new things that you might like to enjoy. You know what I really would like to do is the Z4M Coupe. That is one, that is probably top of my list for cool BMW. Not the Z3M Coupe, the Z4. Z4M. The one that looks like a sad whale shark. Sad whale shark? Why yes. is it? Oh, it's sad. It looks exactly like that. They, yeah, its like face is all kind of like upside down. Like yeah. if you look at the face, oh, it's, it's sad whale it's shark. Definitely, <laughs> those are cool though. I, I, I really I like, like those. those. That I could get behind. You have to... You got to let that go. I had that too. I was very, very brand centric, right? Right. And I've tried to open myself up to owning almost anything. Sure. I would own or try almost anything, which has led me to go and get a Yugo. And it's led me to go get an AMG and a 996. I am going to look at Alphas for our next vehicle. Oh, really putting yourself out there with the car that Jeremy Clarkson says, if you ever are going to be a car guy, you have to own an Alpha. So you're really taking a a big risk. Alpha. Like, if we get another newer sedan, I'm going to look at the Alpha Julia or whatever the heck it is. I don't know much about him. I, so, Alex Nelson, yeah. uh, he, we, I went with him when okay. he was looking at one. Oh, yeah? It's, they're phenomenal. Okay. It's really a nice car. Okay. It's well, really, really right. a nice car. Well, there car. I go. It's really, See? really, really, really good. You're welcome. All right, anyways, back to the Porsche here. Uh, Porsche hasn't confirmed any plans to launch such a car, though Detlav von Platten, the sales and marketing chief, previously said in a 2018 interview that such a car could, quote, be a good idea, obviously. The test cars currently being spotted are riding on higher suspension. They also are fitted with widened wheel arches, while some have featured a prominent, unique rear spoiler. So design. these things always have, uh, like bolt-on plastic fenders or whatever, just right. for because they're well, it's off-road. You're gonna right. You're right. gonna when you, yeah, if you have all to road, if yeah. you have to drive over the curb at the grocery store to get around other people, you right. want to have those plastic, you know, oh, those plastic cars yep. on. Yep, for but sure. The, the thing is, is that they look great slammed because of those fenders. Because <laughs> it's like bolt-on flares. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you slam them down, you can just put wider wheels. All on. roads oh. with yeah, slammed. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, earlier test mules supposedly featured thick foam lining in the wheel arches, which is a typical. 
a feature used when testing suspension travel, which I didn't know about. Porsche has, of course, been down this road before with their historic rally cars. Safari 911 would be fitting with the company launched the 911 SC Safari Rally Car in 1978. And they have made those and everybody bought them out on the, yeah, on the show floor. Not quite. Oh, yeah, no, that no. never so, happened. No, but they have, of course, a rallying heritage with their 911. They have the 953, which was a 911-based rally car. Question. Victory in the Dakar. What? What European country doesn't have rally history? Pro tip, none. They all have rallied. I'm going to think of one. Give me a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I, I don't care. I you're, mean, this you're is... Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've seen the resurgence of, of course, aftermarket rally-based 911s with Lee Keen's cars, the roof's hideous rodeo car. Remember the rodeo oh, thing? Root. And Brutal. more recently, the Singer ACS, which, speaking of the ACS, I wonder if this is why Porsche went after Singer. Yeah, The could fact be. that it has something to do with them planning and coming out with their own Safari car. So they were extra sensitive to which it. Which kind of makes yeah, sense. It's possible. Uh, it's also interesting to note that Porsche did actually toy with this idea already in 2012 with a secret concept called the 911 Vision Safari, which was Ooh. based on the 991 generation car. Uh, Safari 911 from Porsche would likely be aimed at buyers mostly in the <laughs> China and Russia markets. Where uh, there's just... They must have more cars and coffee there or something. I don't no, know. it's just shitty roads is what they're thinking. Oh, yeah. Seriously, they're like... True. Because um, apparently with the road conditions being so poor, the popularity of performance SUVs in those markets is super high. Sure. People can't buy their Ferraris and Lamborghinis and whatever because there's potholes everywhere. So they buy the Urus and whatever else. Right. So one of, my, one of my friends who I... It's private conversation, so I won't say who it was, but they said that they went into Porsche and mentioned this to their CEO. About the idea of the a idea of doing this about three years ago, and he got laughed out of the office. And then I look at the timeline of what it would take and to probably have uh, generated. I'm sure the guy basically went into his office and clickety clickety click Googled what Safari 911 was <laughs> and was like, "Ooh, look at this! We got a better hey now." Right. Yeah, and then and lo and behold, two and a half, three years later, ta da! Uh, here it is. Maybe. Here it is. We are now following the trend. That this exactly. Is, the Safari well, stuff was like cool. I it mean, was cool. All of the stuff goes it was in a, cycles. A rally only, like it was very pure. The concept, right? The concept was pure, and it started like at least the the newer. Like right. Tuthill's been doing this stuff forever, right? right? They've been kicking ass at building rally cars out of 911s forever. But Lee Keen kind of mainstreamed it. He took a 911 to see. He put cool t or big tires on it, jacked it up. You know, the idea really does appeal to me. It's it's a go anywhere sports car. It is, and it was, and now there's a bunch of people that have them that don't go anywhere. It's not like you see these on the road though. No, but uh. There's people that do drive the hell out of these things. For they sure. They really do. They really do. And it's, it's cool in that way. But I hate seeing the ones that are like, oh, I bought a Safari, a leaking Safari car. And then it just drives just polished. around. Just drives around. Yeah. And it's like, no. You just there should be that. mud everywhere on a Safari car. They are fun to drive. But here's the problem. What's that? That I initially encountered. And I'm sure Lee has probably addressed this at this point because this was really, really early on is the gearboxes were terrible because of the tires that you would put on them. Oh, you always wanted to be somewhere so high. like on twisty gravelly roads. You wanted to be somewhere between, you know, 6,000 RPMs in first gear, and then you would shift down to second and be sure. and just like fall on its face. You got to have a good gearbox. So you have to change out the final drive. Ratio. You, you got to do something. You got to do something. That makes sense. All right, so we have uh, another prototypical Florida man nice. story here. Um, a 23-year-old man is suspected of stealing 
This is, this is really I'm good. not reading ahead. I'm okay. waiting for this. A 23-year-old man is suspected of stealing a Kansas Highway Patrol vehicle. So this Florida man is, is in Kansas. <laughs> Obviously. Um, as you do. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're out of the asylum, <laughs> as you would say. Um, he led him on a chase with speeds topping 100 so miles per hour. So he stole a patrol vehicle. Yep, and he's and going then... 100 miles per hour while his hands were handcuffed behind his back. Whoa! Investigators are trying to determine how the spots, the suspect joshua d swartwout of naples florida managed to get behind the wheel of the patrol car and drive it more than 30 miles without the use of his hands that is impressive quote as a high-speed pursuit driving instructor for 20 years i can only assume he was using his knees right the houdini lake escape unfolded just after noon on saturday as a kansas highway patrol trooper was transporting swartwout to a detention facility after he'd been arrested (laughs) on suspension of Auto theft following an earlier pursuit. Are you kidding me? According to a Highway Patrol statement. Oh, my goodness. He was trans- being transported in the front seat of the car, Hilleman said. Why? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was just really nice. <laughs> While on Highway 25 near Atwood in northwest Kansas, the trooper noticed a serious motorcycle crash and pulled over to help, okay. leaving Swartwout alone in the patrol car. In the car. front seat. In the front seat. We normally oh don't goodness. do that, but this trooper saw his accident occur right in front of him, and okay. it was a rural area. Yeah. Being trained as a highway patrol trooper, it's imagined that you will help. Obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously. While the trooper was assisting the crash victim, Swartwout, who was handcuffed behind his back, scooted <laughs> scooted over to the driver's seat and drove off, according to the highway patrol <laughs> statement. The trooper immediately you, radioed I radio for assistance. I want to see like, the dash cam footage of this. Yeah. <laughs> Troopers raced to the scene and spotted the stolen patrol car headed south on Highway 25. Highman said the chase topped 100 miles per hour in a stretch he described as narrow, two-lane, and with ditches on both sides. The chase continued <laughs> on Interstate 70 and headed west towards the Kansas-Colorado border. As the pursuit reached Edson, Kansas, roughly 30 miles from where it began, the stolen patrol car ran out of gas, according to the statement. The suspect, who was still handcuffed behind his back, fled on foot, really? but was quickly apprehended. Yeah. I guess you could say his life is now out of his hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, right? It's pretty great. Pretty Do you good. remember hearing, like, there's a thing where you're supposed to be able to, like, scoot them beyond, like, your your back and your butt and, like, put your legs back through to get them yeah, like, from a, your back to your front? If you're a gymnast, yeah, maybe. I don't think I don't think that. anybody... No. No, no one our age is <laughs> I was going to say maybe when I was that. younger. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you remember, we talked about gas taxes a little bit, maybe a couple weeks ago. Right. And how they basically. Yeah, we don't know what's, what's going on. So I just, I'll go through this. And so we can no, no, still no longer know what's going on. <laughs> Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg last month said the White House will not. Okay. I want to mention something here. What? And I forgot to talk about this in the, in the intro of the podcast. So we've talked about, about politics a little bit on the podcast. And it's almost always transportation related, right? It's always like sure. infrastructure, transportation, gas taxes, something like that. And there's a reason that I bring it up and there's a reason that I talk about it. Okay. And I know that people aren't always going to agree with me on the topic, on politics right. and stuff like that. But that, but we are it, okay? What do you mean? We're it. We are the last generation that cares about driving. We're the last passionate driving generation. Anybody born in the last, you know, 40 years. Maybe less than that. Maybe the last... You don't 30. think there's any car guys that are being born now? I, I don't think so. And we either keep you this going... You don't think there's kids that are, like, no, into cars? Nope, I don't. I think that, yes, but not in the same way. I think it is slowly trailing off, right? You're slowly going to see less and less, especially as, 
you know, we become more autonomous. We, we have more, uh, what is it? Dr- like the self-driving cars come and then we mobility also have mobility. That's what I was looking for. Mobility <laughs> providing. I disagree. I think there's always going to be guys that are into this guys and gals that are passionate about not at the same level. There are now no way. Maybe not in number, but <laughs> that's all that matters is the number. And it's going to slowly dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. Or we'll see a resurgence, kind of a backlash. A resurgence into what? Back into motoring. Into what? Things- in, into, into Ikea? <laughs> into into a, a, a Kia EV that goes 0 to 16 three and a half seconds and handles like a, a pig falling down the stairs? Like what? It's not the same. It's not the same as of going out there with your dad in the garage and changing the spark plugs and the oil and the and the ritual of maintenance and having it be. You know, there's this. People are always talking about the lifeblood of the car is the oil and your. You know, you spill your own blood with the car and it's and it's it's kind of like this. It's this enigmatic thing that you you feel and you touch and you experience and there's emotion surrounding it because it's a. It's so a, okay, just to play devil's advocate. Are you a car guy then? Or let's put it this way. Are you saying that you can't be a true car enthusiast unless you get your hands dirty with your car? I would say that you are. Because that's kind of your definition now. Yes, I would agree with. I would say that you are more in tune and a more serious car enthusiast if you do your own maintenance. Hmm. Yes, I would say that. I you don't are. disagree. Just like a guy who's more serious about. A marriage than a guy that you know gets into a rural single relationship rather than just screwing around and not getting serious about anything. When you're maintaining your car and you're super serious about it, and you're changing I your oil, changing your brakes, analogy would be like if you're the gynecologist. Really, <laughs> I mean, you're getting yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But the point, <laughs> the point is, is that the the ritual of maintenance uh-huh. is really, really important when it comes to growing up and becoming a car enthusiast. I think it's, a, you have other factors too. Maybe your dad was in a motorsport. You know, there's different avenues. But the, I know a lot of car guys who don't, who consider themselves to be like, oh, I really like cars. I'm a car enthusiast who don't know how to change their own oil. Then they are not as serious as you or I, or most of the people that are probably listening that. to this podcast. Yes, I would agree with that. And I, but that, so that is being lost. Okay. You're losing all that. Nobody's go, what are you going to do? Go out to your, your, your Tycon and go, hey son, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's, it's every single car insurance commercial. You get at the bucket and you're out there washing it with your son. That is, That's, that, that well, is, I'm a big car guy. That is not a maintenance ritual. Keeping things, I mean, keeping things clean is important and you should do that whether you're a car guy or not. You should be washing your car, vacuuming your car, keeping it clean because you're not a scumbag dirtbag. <laughs> okay. If you're the person that isn't keeping your car clean and it's disgusting on the inside, you're a dirtbag. Okay. So that goes more to like, your parents should be teaching you to clean your room and make your bed and do that kind of thing. That's not a ritual of maintenance, okay? It's, okay. it's a different type of thing. And my point is, is that we need to, I'm concerned, okay? I'm concerned about where things are going. I'm concerned. Um, I'm also excited, okay? okay? I'm excited about some of the opportunities that we, we I'm can have. I'm excited for Hummers to do wheelies. Yes, there's lots of cool things that By could way, be coming. I had a friend send a side-by-side comparison of what the new Hummer looks like compared to the old H2. Yeah. The new one's massive. Yeah. I had no idea it was going to be so big. Yes, it's like it's five a, inches wider than an truck. H2. It's a monster truck. We yeah. have to keep, we, <laughs> we have to keep this going. Or... Well, I'm not going anywhere. So we. What's the point of... Stay with me. Uh-huh. What's the point of, of caring about climate change? It's not a political statement. What's the point? Because we want to save this right. for the other, we want to save the earth for other generations right. because we want them to live and be happy and wherever. Right. This is for me, this is a, 
a cultural thing that I think is an important rite of passage for, for people. Prevent automotive change. What? No, it's not about that. <laughs> it's about the rituals and the exploration and the freedom to transport yourself and the freedom to travel and and car enthusiasm and, and motorsport, all this stuff all ties together. And I want to be able to save it for other generations. It's important to me that this exists. I think it is a, a useful part of American culture. I think it's a an integral part of American culture and knowing about it and where we came from and the highway. The car is really important for American culture. Yes, it is. It really is. And it's slowly being eroded away. So when I talk about hey, they're going to do this infrastructure thing. They're trying to build charging stations. They're spending billions of dollars on this. They're saying it's social They're saying it's social justice, but they're also just completely shifting the culture of how you're going to transport yourself. All this stuff matters, okay? And you don't have to agree with me on when I, when I have an opinion on it. You'll notice sometimes I'm like, hey, I'm not touching that part of this because I don't want to get too political, but just take the news that I'm giving you and make your own decision. If only the listeners could hear what he doesn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> just take the news. Understand what's going on and say, hey, this is where we're going. This is where car enthusiasm is going. This is where the government wants it to go. Some would call you an alarmist. I've been right so far. Like when we started doing this podcast, I'm like, they're going to ban cars. They're going to ban gasoline cars. It's going to happen. It's probably in the next 10 years. We're gonna, they're going to be There's banned. There's still they're not no gonna, talk of banning them. You aren't going to be able to buy a <laughs> combustion engine car in 2030. You will not be able to do it. 2035. And be, and 2030. Or 2035. It'll probably be 2030. They'll move it up. I think they're moving up. 2030. Again. And here's the thing is when that happens, it's going to become untenable for you to accept driving a combustion engine car. It's going to be expensive. You're going to be a pariah. And everybody's, you're going to seem dirty and you're going to seem like a Luddite, right? Mm -hmm. Society is going to see you as part of the old uh, old structure of society. You're not with it. You're not with the future. What are you doing? Do you hate the environment? All this stuff is going to happen. And you're, and the kids and the people that are growing up are going to go, wow, why would anybody be driving that car that makes explosions underneath the hood? Polluting the environment. All this stuff is happening at the same time. And we have to be aware of it. And if we care about this, I don't know what to do about it, okay? Maybe you need to call your your guy and say, hey, I want to make sure this is going to be available. I want to make sure that gasoline is available. I want to make sure this isn't phased out too fast. You know, what about low-income people that can't afford electric cars that still want to drive gasoline cars as things go on? There's all kinds of factors, factors to this. And I just, when we talk about it, I'm just trying to make you aware. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with my opinion, even though I'm probably right. But just pay attention to what's going on. Just wake up and look at the structure of society and what they're doing with infrastructure and cars. We talk about it all the time. There's way more ways to, to tamp down global warming than cars. We've right. talked about it many, many, many times. You know, it's, that's it. Anyway, so on to uh, this guy. Well, we talked about the, the dude running away with no hands. You were starting to talk about Pete Buttigieg. Oh, yeah. Pete Buttigieg last month said the White House will not propose hiking gas taxes or a new vehicle miles traveled tax to pay for the investments, which means I have no idea where the money is going to come from. Hmm. The White House has also insisted that no one earning under $400,000 a year will see their taxes go up. Which I thought I read somewhere yeah, that they already revoked that number. Yeah, now it's going to be like $200,000. President Joe Biden met with a bipartisan group of lawmakers Monday to discuss his $2.3 trillion infrastructure proposal and how to fund it. At some point, the eternal question, these people don't like your car, Jake. They don't like your car. You know, speaking of people thinking that you're the dirty Luddite driving this old antiquated thing, I got a lot of those looks on the way here in that 64 pickup. I'm sure. 
I'm sure. What it's you, very divisive. Either everyone slows down traffic to give you a thumbs up, roll down the window sign, and it's yeah. like, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. I get that. Or I get people just like, honestly, side I eye. I don't give a shit. I welcome the rebellion of this. I know you I love. I will love it. I can't wait to make so much freaking noise when I'm 80 years old. It's going to be amazing. I don't care if it's illegal. If it's illegal, I'm going to park that thing until I find out I have cancer. And then when I'm 86 years old, got pancreatic cancer, I'm going to go drive them fucking wheels off that 9-11 all over Minneapolis and I don't care if they basically blow the thing up with a rocket launcher I don't care I'm doing it I'm it's gonna be the most rebellious send-off ever I had someone message me that you would much rather see the fall of civilization than accept like a different future than what you're accepting of I just I see the future as happening a certain way uh-huh. and I keep getting proven right so that doesn't help. Are you Nostradamus? <laughs> yes, I yes I am. Um, at some point, the eternal question of raising the 18.4 cent federal gas tax was brought up. And they said uh, Biden was receptive to the idea, but now maybe not. I don't know how they're going to pay for all this stuff without raising the gas tax. Well, we talked about, the ga- in theory, the gas tax won't work because no one's going to be using gas anymore. So we talked about this usage. Vehicle thing. mileage tax. Exactly. But everybody's concerned about, like we tracking. talked about last week, tracking. How are they going to yes. do it? Um, the federal gas tax has remained stagnant since 1993. Okay. No one wants to raise it because it ends up being a tax on regular people right. more than anybody else because they own, what do regular people drive? They drive older, less economical cars, right? right? They have cars that probably have bad O2 sensors <laughs> and they get really bad <laughs> gas mileage. Plus, they're, they, it, it hurts them more, right? It, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it hurts. So after inflation, that's only 10 cents in today's money. So mm-hmm. it's... And so it's been remained stagnant for quite some time. Every couple of years, somebody suggests raising it. Former President Donald Trump endorsed a 25-cent hike carried out over annual 5-cent increases back in 2018, but it didn't happen and seems it won't happen now or ever. And I was thinking about a straight VMT, is what it's being called now, the vehicle mileage tax. Okay. Would doesn't really make much sense because it would partially negate the reason for buying an electric car in so the first place. So a vehicle mileage tax is, how does that work? It is just by mileage. By mileage. Okay. That would negate part of the reason of owning an electric car. You're right. Because the, the whole thing place. is to be like, well, you're cheaper. You don't you're have saving, to use gas. You're saving money. So right. I don't think, I think that's probably what they're thinking is, ooh, maybe we don't want to do that because we're going to start stepping on toes with people that are buying these things in the first place to save money on this stuff. Right. So maybe they'll wait till, I bet they wait till there's way more adoption on it and then they're just going to go boom and then they'll just drop it, drop it on everybody hmm. is, is my thought. So uh, let's move on to another story. We're running out of time because I've been Do you want to hear about the Ever Given? Yes. So you'd think that after suffering the Ever Given... Suffering? Suffering? No. Did we all suffer? Did we we all suffer suffer from that? You'd think after suffering through the Ever Given, being wedged in the Swiss... I thought it was great. I I didn't suffer. I watched memes for like two weeks. It was great. It was entertaining, but I still haven't gotten a bunch of my crap coming from China. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So after it being stuck there for six days, you would think the Egyptian government would be thrilled to see it go. You would, however, be wrong. The vessel will remain on site in a holding area until investigations are complete and compensation is paid, said the chairman of the Suez Canal Authority. Highly likely that the seat for my scooter is on that. Is just sitting on that boat. That's where my new couches are, too. Because my thing came from India, and I think this thing Oh, is that from India? Yeah, it's a seat from... I don't know where my couches are Because they still make the Vespa, like mine, new. 
<laughs> okay. There they use them. They drive all over the place. So it's from some dealership in Bangladesh? Probably. Yeah. Uh, the vessel will remain on site until the investigations are complete. We hope for a speedy arrangement, he said. The minute they agree to compensation, the vessel will be allowed to move. How much are they asking for? Egypt will demand $1 billion. Okay, then. We hold the world ransom for... $100 billion. <laughs> so, not 100 just $1 billion, but that's a big just. Uh, that will cover the cost of operation to free the ship, the loss of transit fees, which is the big one. Yeah, we talked about that. They lose lost tens of millions of dollars every day. Yeah, and other costs from the blocking of the canal, which caused a traffic jam of more than 400 ships on either side of the channel. So, it's still sitting there. All right, in England, a grandmother, 58, who bought a 350,000-pound forever home nine feet from a busy 75-mile-per-hour road oh. insists she's not stupid as her Rolls-Royce worker husband compares the noise to an aircraft engine. Wait, so why is she not stupid? So I, I looked at a picture of this house. Uh -huh. It is, looks like it's next to I-94. With like a wooden, <laughs> like a picket fence right next to it. A grandmother who bought a 350,000-pound... feet? Nine feet from the freeway. <laughs> a grandmother who bought a 350,000 new build home just nine feet from a busy 70 mile per hour A road has insisted that she isn't stupid, but realizes, did not realize the noise would be so bad. Jackie McCormick, 58, and her husband James viewed the detached three bedroom home in Coalshill near Birmingham, seven Birmingham. miles away from be uh, before moving in, in at the end of February. Their dream quickly turned sour after they realized thundering cars and lorries could be, why do they call it a lorry? Do we know? I don't know. Someone tell us. One of our listeners, tell yep. us why they call it a lorry. That'll be, why do we call it a semi? It's because of the semi-articulating hitch. Okay, well, that makes a lot more sense than lorry. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I knew that, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Their dream quickly turned sour for they realized the thundering cars and lorries could be heard on weekdays between 5.30 a.m. and 8.30 p.m. Really? <laughs> they could be heard during the day driving? Right, exactly. So... <laughs> Well, at weekends... Are they not audible at night or what? <laughs> at, on the weekends, boy racers roar past its Boy racers! <laughs> hot boys. <laughs> Those are hot boys. <laughs> Until the early hours. Mrs. McCormick said the house shouldn't have been built that close to the road in the first place and insists, insists she didn't think it was going to be this bad. But testing, she's not stupid, Chris. Testing showed the sound hits 85 decibels inside her home and 120 Whoa. decibels in her garden. <laughs> that's really yeah, loud. That's really loud. <laughs> oh, that's, that's like a jet engine taking off. I knew it was a busy road. There's no way getting away from that. I would be stupid if I didn't think it was a busy road. But how could I have known? <laughs> so but, is she the only house right here? Like, did like they only houses. build one yeah, this like, close to the freeway? Like, there's like two. You can look it up in the show notes. Okay. Uh, Mrs. McCormick, who works as a disability charity advocate, said the sound was absolutely horrendous, adding, I know it's really important road, but it's impacting our mental health. Yeah, I would imagine. Mrs. McCormick, who works as- I'm looking at the photo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the semi, she could like touch the semi going by. Yeah, it's in the show notes. Please, please look. I assumed there'd be like a big sound wall like you see here. Who works? She works as a disability. Uh, it's impacting her physical health. I'm washing my windows three or four times a week. It's disgusting. <laughs> if the pollution is going into our windows and our cars, what are we breathing in? Warwickshire City Council said, obviously there's no guarantee that it will be possible to provide any measures, but we will consider the issues raised very carefully and uh -huh. aim to recommend AKA, possible solutions. AKA, that's it. They're going to build a wall. 
They'll build like one of those I'm walls. Sure we have those everywhere. You know, we have wall. a little sound wall. No, but this this is a little sound wall. It's this, literally a picket fence. It is literally a picket fence. And on I, the shoulder of the freeway. I would classify her as stupid. Yes. I would classify her I, as, I would agree as with that, very, Chris. very stupid. What wow. Have, what have we got coming up on Monday? Monday, we have what is going to be our last installment of the greatest scandals in the automotive world. This will be episode three. However, okay, I kind of change direction a little bit all right we'll see we'll see how it goes i want everybody to subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review if you could we would really appreciate that otherwise we will see you on monday take care mm-hmm.